This is the UTS Podcast, an independent podcast following Cheltenham Saracens RFC and grassroots rugby in Cheltenham. Hey guys, come on in, sit yourselves down and get yourselves comfortable. You are, of course, listening to the UTS Podcast with your hosts, myself, Dan Lodge, and Mark Moxie Collier on the other side of the glass. Hello! And we're coming to you live, almost, directly through the interweb on utspodcast.com, soundcloud.com slash the UTS Podcast, iTunes, Player FM, Podbean, Podbay, and many, many more services. Before we get going, let us remind you that this show and this podcast are completely independent and everything we do on this series is paid for by ourselves and all we ask in return is for you to show your support and share it on social media. Facebook it, tweet it, put it out on LinkedIn, do an Instagram story, a Snapchat story, maybe send it to a WhatsApp group, email it to someone, text someone if that's what it takes. All we ask is that you listen, enjoy, and then tell those around you why they should listen as well. And of course, if you want to support our podcast financially, you can do. Just drop us an email on utspodcast.gmail.com, subject advertising. Well then, it is officially the run to Christmas, so let's take a look at the past few weeks for the Saris. November was a pretty good month for the first team. They started off the month at home to Gloucester Old Boys uh, on the 3rd, picking up a 24-19 win. On the 17th, no game on the 10th, of course, but on the 17th, they were on the road down to Gordon League. Don't mention Burns Gate. And they did come away with a massive win, 61-26. On the 24th, wasn't a league game, but they were in the cup and they travelled down to Bristol to take on Bristol Saracens. And they came away 31-21 and were crowned County Cup champions in the process. Then last week, the first game in December, they hosted Hucklecoats at KGV, losing out 19 points to 25. Not the best of months for the second team, conceding walkovers to Gordon League and to Old Crips before losing 26-0 to Old Pats thirds on the 17th. December 1st, though, saw them head down to Hucklecote and they lost out 20 points to 8. Well, no other senior teams left to cover, so it's time to hand over to Mark Moxie Collier to give us an update for the Saris age group teams. Right then, this is this is going to be a bit, a bit new now. We've got, uh, got an under-12s now at the Saris. They've, they've started. We've started playing games, which is which we, we didn't think was going to happen. Um, we've got the under-16s. They, they're called the Pups. Um, and now the under-12s, we're going to call them the Cubs. They had their first game recently away at Stowe. They went over there on a Friday night under the lights, something that we've never done. So that was a great a great start for them. And to make it even more impressive, they won the game three tries to two. That's uh, some some record. That's brilliant. The second game wasn't quite so, so good, but um, we, just, we really can't fault the, the lads' effort. They were, they were brilliant. Um, unfortunately... We came off second best against a, a very good Long Levin side that have obviously been together for at least five or six years. Um, and we, we lost the game 8-1. It could have been a lot worse, but we, we managed to score um, a try right at the end. So they, they got they got something on the, on the board. But that's that's the first month for an under-12s at the Saris. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. Now on to the under-16s and on to the Pups. November, we started off at home against Shipston. Um, 
bit of a confession to make. I don't actually have the score with me, but I know it was a good win. Um, there was a couple of injuries, which is unfortunate. Or, or the lads that were injured are okay. They're doing okay. The following week, we went away to Southmead. I don't really know what to say about this because when we got there, they told us that their team had uh, had actually ceased to be disbanded three or four weeks beforehand. And um, they're adamant, they told us, but um, I don't think we would, we would have travelled if we'd have known. So Southmead, that was a bit bit naughty, I think, there. Then we went away again to finish off the uh, finish off the, the month of November away at Old Richens. We, we beat them 47 points to, to 19, which is a great result over there because they're usually a, a good, tough side. And we, we finished off November with a, with a Christmas jumper night. So that was a, a bit of fun for the boys. Alrighty then, it is, of course, the Autumn International special episode for the month of December on the UTS podcast. And we'll be looking at all the results and all the possibilities from those results uh, right after this. The UTS Podcast is brought to you by... The UTS Podcast is delighted to announce that this show is sponsored by Tone Radio, the student radio station at the University of Gloucestershire. Tone Radio broadcasts all day, every day, live from Park Campus in Cheltenham. And whether it's the Tone Football Show on a Monday and Friday, Universal News, the latest hits with Jack Buckley, or some forgotten gems with Tom and Lauren, Tone Radio really does have something for everyone. If you want to listen live, it's really, really simple. Head over to toneradio.co.uk or search on the TuneIn app. So one more time, that's toneradio.co.uk. Make sure you head over to toneradio.co.uk and one more time, the final time, toneradio.co.uk. Alrighty then, do you do you want to do start go through it weekly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start at the start at the beginning. Start at week one. Well, we'll start at the week one. Um, we'll start. We'll, we'll go. We'll go with Wales and Scotland. Uh, okay. Big big win for Wales. Not the best for Scotland which I'm a little bit surprised at given the kind of shocks they brought with the Six Nations yeah Scotland yeah came out of the Six Nations looking looking pretty good also Wales obviously 21-10 they, they won this game obviously again like, like we said before home advantage has got to be key isn't it I think, I think it is but I, I also think you know I, I didn't see the whole game I saw you know bits and pieces here and there um, I, I, I don't know I thought there'd be more I, th- I thought that was a winnable game for Scotland yeah, the fir- yeah, yeah, the, f- the first one of the uh, internationals could have caught them cold, but uh, obviously didn't appear to. You know, I wasn't expecting like a high-scoring game. I thought it was going to be kind of six nations e, and I guess you could say in in terms of the scoreline it is. But I would have thought, you know, there might have been something from Scotland which might have changed the game, turned it on its head, that kind of thing. But no, just just nothing. Just for some reason, just not able to to put anything on it losing 14-10 at half time nothing at all in the second half that's that's strange isn't it in, you in know international rugby terms it's to, to not score against a team Wales probably actually on a, on a par with Scotland at the minute aren't they I think as, as teams in obviously the, uh, the the rankings will say differently but uh, I, I think looking at this looking back at the Six Nations again they, they've got to be sort of fairly even really to be fair, you could you could kind of say that about all the kind of Six Nations teams. Maybe not so much with Italy, 
But like certainly England, Wales, Scotland and Ireland, you would say, you know, f- probably kind of, we, you know, we're on, anyone can beat anyone. I, uh, Dan, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say it for you, mate. I think, I think Ireland are a, are a league above. Oh, thank God you said that because I didn't want to sound like a massive knobhead. <laughs> no, no, Ireland, they, they, I mean, we'll obviously look through their, their coming weeks and, and their results show that they are a class above. They, they've got to be the number one team in the world at the minute. Got to be. Well, Hansen did say going into the game with New Zealand, which we'll talk about later on, that um, he did say, you know, the winner of that can effectively call themselves best in the world. Well, the, the rankings say something different, but I think in a way he's got a point. You know, if you've got first versus second in the world, essentially you could say best Northern Hemisphere against best Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, so... That's, that's probably what it was billed as, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but, you know, I, I thought there would have been more from Wales and Scotland in, in terms of that game. Well, it's Wales and Scotland, isn't it? it that's probably about <laughs> as much as you can say about it, to be fair. Um, Japan against New Zealand. Uh, a bit of a reserve team in terms of New Zealand. Uh, probably a few more fringe players. I did check the starting lineups, and I can say I think it's pretty much an entirely different starting 15 uh, compared to the one that started against Ireland. So I think probably probably a weakened side. Still a good win from their point of view, though, 31-69. But has to be said, props to Japan, 31 points on the board against New Zealand. Yeah, not, not many teams will score 31 points against New Zealand. No. And, and it's all right to say, you know, we, we kind of went through this when Ireland beat them in Chicago, where a lot of the New Zealand fans said, well, we didn't have a full-strength team out. End of the day, there's no friendlies. It's a test match. Simple as that. You've got to play what's in front of you. I'm not being funny, but it's New Zealand. It's the All Blacks. There, yeah, exactly. There, yeah. there isn't really a reserve side, is there? No, not Wh- at all. Whoever they put out is, is going to be... They're always going to be battling for that jersey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you're going to have, you're going to have your standout players. Yeah. You know, your individual standout, like Bowden Barrett and Kieran Reid, you know, a couple of others that are probably going to walk into, into that team anyway. But everywhere else, you've got to be looking... Except for grabs and... Every single player will stand up. In New Zealand, it's it's religion. Rugby is religion. So mm. that they all want that jersey and, and they will never let it down. I'm in two minds about it because at the same time, you could kind of write the result off and say, well, actually, you know, fair play to Japan, you know, 31 points on the board. But at the same time, you know, had that been the starting 15 they'd put out against Ireland, would Japan have scored those 31 points? You don't know, do you? That's the you thing. Don't know. That's um, the thing. You've got to say no. You've got to say that that, that they wouldn't score thirty one. They they probably wouldn't even score thirteen. No. But you know, Japan again next next year's World Cup year in Japan. They they want to put a show on. So you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna raise their game just just to try and you know get get the crowds there. And this is the thing as well. Just looking at this, it, I I thought there might be a little bit of let's put points on the board as best we can in terms of Japan, like kicking penalties and that kind of thing. Looking at this, they, it's literally no penalties, it's all tries. Just looking at the scorers here, there's one, two, four, five tries there. Four tries, uh, three conversions. No yeah. no penalties. No. It's, well, it's like a... Uh, I don't think like, I've like actually... like a bar bars game, isn't it? Just yeah, yeah, throw yeah. the ball around. And to rack up that many tries. When was the last time we saw a New Zealand team concede that many tries? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't remember really. Yeah. Even in the uh, even in the championship, they 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 don't. Well, I think South Africa scored a few against them, didn't they? 
possibly. I, yeah, I think know. they did. But um, I, again, I, I do, I do, I do wonder. You, you know, is is this a case of Japan really showing an intent going into the World Cup that actually, you know, they're not just here to make up the shirts or you know make up the numbers. Well, again, again, look what they did in the last World Cup against uh, South Africa. Oh, South Africa, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know. I, I get, I get, it kind of goes back to that cliche, doesn't it? That, that there's, there's no, there's no easy games. There's no certain victories at international level. No, because if you if you put a weakened side out and you get turned over, you know, it's never going to look good for you. No, you know, can you imagine? You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting New Zealand put out a full strength side there, but you know, had they put out a severely weakened side and Japan had beat them, can you imagine? Like I would those I don't think they'd even be allowed back in New Zealand, would they? They no, they'd have had to um well they'd have had to call off their uh, their tour, wouldn't they? They'd have had to go home. Well, I imagine so, but but there we go. So yeah, Japan thirty one, New Zealand sixty nine. I'm not entirely sure what to make of that one. I think that's again, it, you know, there could be a, a few contributing factors to that. But I, I again, I'm not I'm not entirely sold that this is Japan showing improvement. Maybe that's a little bit harsh of me. I don't know, but it, it, I don't know if this is just a weakened New Zealand side who did what was expected of them, or whether this was a Japan that could say, "Well, actually, do you know what? We should have put more than thirty-one on the board," or whether it's a a Japan saying, "Well, you know, we only got those thirty-one points because they've got a B team out." Yeah. Or you know, well, either way, what a tough start. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to open up your account for the autumn internationals at home to New Zealand. I don't think any team would really want to do that. No, definitely not. I think I think the the winner in that game was probably the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on then. We'll we'll move on. Ireland and Italy. Um, Again, another another big scoreline. Yeah, yeah, fifty four seven. Just looking at the the team as well. Not a massively strong Ireland team. But I, there's there's a few names up in the in the in the starting kind of eight. You know, McGrath obviously the big prop. Uh, he came on uh, against New Zealand as well. So Van der Fleer, Ruddock as well. A, a, a couple of names that stand out for you know Six Nations appearances and stuff like that. But some of them, some of them, I'm you know absolute fringe players. You know, Jordan Lama at fifteen. You know, fair enough. He's he's had a couple of standout performances himself. Ringrose, Bundyaki, you know, Stockdale. Yeah. You know, it seems it seems in terms of the backs, quite strong backs by the look of it. Yeah. But then you've got you know, Scanall at hooking. No, uh, no Rory Best, no Sean Cronin. I mean, if I'm honest, a lot of those names don't don't ring a bell. This is something as well that's come to mind because I know I know. Sean Cronin, Leinster hooker, is always kind of second choice to Rory Best. Now, second choice to Scannell for this game. I would have sure. I would. I would have thought surely that would have been a massive opportunity to get Cronin some game time. But in fact, potentially, it, yeah. But it seems they've gone. They've bypassed the second choice entirely and gone straight to third. Are they looking at all their games there and maybe maybe pin, maybe pinpointing Italy and and thinking right that's the ideal game for him. Maybe it is, and you know, maybe there is an argument for it, 
but I still feel if you if you if you're going to play a team like Italy and you're going to drop best and you know to rest him up, I'm assuming for New Zealand. Mm. Surely you just you just reshuffle the pack and then second choice becomes first, third choice becomes second. Yeah, but they've they've just no, that's come, that's that's a normal. Yeah, I would have, I, would, I would have thought so, because I mean Cronin to be fair hasn't had an awful lot in terms of starts. The guy comes off, you know, off the bench because Best is always starting. Yeah. And he's kind of unfortunate, really, that he's in that, he's come up in the same period as Rory Best because there's no way in. No. Yeah. Is it- Best is dominant at hooker and he's captain. You know, if you're going up against the top tiers, you're not going to drop your captain. He's captain for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. yeah not, 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 and it's, and it's usually not just because he's a very good player. No. It's because he's got those leadership qualities. But then I, I, I kind of feel in a way that, maybe Cronin can feel a little bit hard done by there. Yeah. You know, if he's going to get game time, he's got to get game time against teams like Italy. If you can't get game time against teams like Italy, when are you going to get it? Well, that's exactly the argument, isn't it? If you're putting your third choice in ahead of your second choice, then what must the second choice, what must be thinking? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) If that was me, I'd be, I'd be seriously worried. Yeah. But then at the same time, you think, happy days for Scannell, foot in the door. Yeah, I mean, unless, because obviously we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but no. maybe, maybe um, Schmidt's gone gone to him and said, look, I'm just, I know what you can do. You're my second, second choice for a reason. I'm going to look at this guy. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, like, as you said, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. No. But, you know, just, just looking ahead to, um, to the Argentina game, Best starts against Argentina. Best starts against New Zealand. Let's just have a quick check of the United States. The starting lineup there for Ireland. Um, who starts there? Scannell again. So Cronin, even against the United States and Italy, the two weaker teams out of the four games. Is, he, st- is he carrying an injury? Or he a still knock? can't get game time. Well, I don't know. See, this is the thing, because he's on... He's on the bench for the Italy game, but he's not for the United States. Right, okay. So there, it might be that he has got some kind of injury. But at the same time, you know, if he hasn't, that's got to be worrying signs. Absolutely. So, you know, again, a difficult one to call there in terms of Ireland and Italy because you think, well, that's kind of what they should be doing. Yeah, you, I'd imagine you... Would Italy have put out a full-strength side as well? Um, I, I would imagine so. I would imagine it's... A, it's. I don't know if it would be their strongest. Yeah. You know, because they might, they might be seeing the Autumn Internationals as it's not a competition competition. They might be using it to test out a few, maybe the fringe players, maybe a few of the younger <coughs> players to come in and see how they deal with the situation. Well, obviously, because of their failings and... and um, but, I, I, you know, it, you'd put money on them having a fairly competitive squad. Yeah. I, th- I think they 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 need to, to play these games with, not necessarily second choice, but they, they need to mix it around a bit. So yeah. Because, they, so they, obviously, they're, they're, they're struggling in the Six Nations. So yeah, they need to look at you've, other you've, options. You've got to test depth. Yeah, of course you have. You know, and realistically they're not going to do it during the six nations no so or the autumn international is i is you know ideal for for testing out the kind of the youngsters coming into the team that kind of thing 
but at the same time you kind of you want to stay competitive so there's a little bit of me that says all right fair enough it's you know it might not be absolute one to 15 the best possible choices for italy but i would imagine kind of in the same way that we we mentioned with new zealand's kind of second string everybody in that italy shirt has to earn that place they have to warrant that place on the team so i find it difficult to believe that they wouldn't field a competitive side yeah you're right you're right I, i i don't know what to make in terms of the result i mean you know my kind of my with my with my Ireland glasses on, I think fifty something points on the board against Italy. You know, happy days. You know, it wasn't all that long ago. I think it was like twenty eleven or twenty twelve, something like that, where they lost to Italy in the Six Nations on the opening day, and I was terrified to show my face outside the door for the next week and a half. Yeah. I, so I, you know, they've come a long way. I, I think I think Ireland have, have have got a little bit better than them. Yeah, they have stepped up. But you know, it's not all that long ago when you think that was that was like what eight. Well, currently seven, nearly eight years ago. Yeah. You know, a lot of those names, you know, like your best, um, Keen Healy, Sexton, were all in those teams. Yeah. You know? So I, I think I think Schmidt's done a really good job of, of kind of working around them and building a squad around them, which is which is ideal. But at the same time, are Italy still a competitive side? Really, if they're just you know, they've been they've been struggling, haven't they? Yeah. For, well, probably. I mean, we, we ever since they came into Six Nations, we pretty much mentioned it when we did the video series back in February, nearly a year ago now. That like they don't seem to be improving at all. Is that they're not improving at the same rate as the other teams are getting better? It's hard to tell. Is the depth there? You know, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Again, you know, it's hard to tell because because essentially they've only got two professional sides. You know, they've got. Treviso uh, and Zebra. Yeah. So they're not, you know, in terms of professional rugby, you know, I don't know what the domestic standard is in Italy, but in terms of, you know, professional full-time playing Leinster and Munster and Ulster and, to be fair, Connacht, you know, the Welsh teams as well, the Scottish teams, they don't have a massive base to pick from. But then... Arguably, you could say that's exactly the same case for Scotland. They got Glasgow and they've got Edinburgh. Yeah. But Scotland compete and Italy don't. So they're they're you know, maybe it's just that they haven't had time. Maybe they don't have the money. I don't know. But so many factors in there. There there are a lot of different factors, but I, I it's hard to tell whether that's a good result for Ireland, or whether that's just whether it's par. Yeah. I don't know. Und- undecided on that one. I don't think I can pass verdict on that. Happy we got the win, absolutely. Because um, that would have been absolutely embarrassing as hell had we not come away with the win. You know, and I, and I, I, think, I, I do I think, wonder... I think you, you were always going to get a win, but I think you needed to put a scoreline up just to prove intent. I think so. I think that's the case. Because I think had they lost that one going into the New Zealand game, I think that if you'd picked up a loss against Italy, that would have had a knock-on effect yeah. To the New Zealand game, yeah, yeah, definitely momentum. Yeah. So anyway, verdict is completely out on that one because I just don't know what to make of it. No, not me. Um, England twelve, South Africa eleven. Do we do we do we want to address the no armed elephant in the room? Um, should we come on to that in a bit? I mean, we we can do. I mean, well, I I think we've got to talk about it. Of course we have. Yeah, that's that's the, that is the talking point from the game. But I mean, again. 
South Africa, they've they put up a, a, a big performance in the uh, in the championship. So those four teams that came over from from the southern hemisphere, they they they're never going to be never going to be mugs. They're never a pushover. And for, for England to, to pick up that win is, is is fantastic. I mean, especially after the the debacle of the uh, the Six Nations mm. coming coming fifth. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a lot of chance there for things to really kind of go downhill yeah. quickly, you know. Um, I don't know how good or bad morale in the camp is. No, well, you know, you'd like to think after some of these results and some of the performances, things are on the up. I think I think obviously the PR machine is going to going to throw out that they are happy and they are all together. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's the same it. for every team. You know, isn't it? Even you know it's misinformation. Do you know what I mean? It's because yeah. every no one's going to come out there and say, "Well, actually, do you know what? We're not really enjoying the rugby at the minute, and things <laughs> aren't clicking." And also, I mean, there's a you, again, you know, few, it might be true, but you don't ever acknowledge it. No, a few changes in the squad. I think. Yeah, no, it might be a. I'm, I, you know, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say I'm not entirely familiar with England's strongest starting fifteen. Um, but, you know, I I would be massively surprised if they didn't try out some kind of fringe players. I mean, one thing that, that does stick out to mind as well is the fact that, that um, all penalties from England yep. couldn't couldn't get through. Got the win, absolutely, which, you know, is, is what a good kicker in Farrell can get you. But, yeah. you know, was, was the performance there? Was it a warranted win? If they couldn't get through the wall, couldn't get a try... <coughs> Um, it's different. I mean, rugby's about scoring tries, isn't it? I think you you know that's it. That, that's 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 what that's what you want to see. You want to see people crossing that crossing that line. But I suppose again, ultimately, it is about scoring more than the opposition. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you do it. That's but, it. I mean, the, the crowd want to see tries. I think they just ground out that result. It was it was a it was a hard fought win against a good yeah. tough South African side. I think so. It's 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 kind of one of those ones where if you if you can win ugly, then absolutely happy days. Do you know what I mean? You'd let, don't get me wrong. I think everyone in the world would love to put on a performance where everything clicks and everything goes to plan, and it's all you know, unicorns and ice cream for everybody at halftime. You know that kind of thing. But if you if you can if you can dig it out and you can go under the pressure and still you know. That kicker can get you out of those situations. Yeah, you you've got to you've kind of got to consider that in terms of the result. Do you know what? If it's not a negative, it's a positive. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. I mean, th- you th- know, it's not a loss; it's a win. Happy days. Nobody remembers the performance. No one's ever going to remember the performance in years down the line. But people will remember the result at the end of the day, and it's a results-driven business. I mean, yeah, they, they won't remember the scoreline, but they'll remember. They remember two things. They remember England winning, and they remember the tackle, yeah, or or, or the shoulder barge, whatever, however you want to approach it. He's, but, be, but before we get onto that, there's one thing I, I, I want to sort of have a quick chat about. Co-captain, what the hell is that all about? I'm not entirely sure. I I don't know. Like you've got captain and vice captain, but are they operating? No, 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 no. With... no it's, it's it's co-captain. There's so, no there's so no vice got, captain. So you've got two. Yeah. On the field at right. Well, this is the thing. Um, on this in this game, you had um, Hartley and Farrell, co-captains. I think that's that's crap, to be honest. Yeah, I'm 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 wondering. And also, um, 
in later games, um, Hartley was on the bench, yet they still called Farrell a co-captain. So there's only one one of them on the on the, on the field at the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's still only a co-captain. Now, I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if that's that's detrimental yeah. to to the whole aspect because I mean you you always have um, a captain, you always have a vice captain, you always have pack leader. Yeah. So, Vinek. But then it kind of you got to think for the other lads on the field as well. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you go into the team and you say, "All right, Hartley's our captain," you know, if Hartley says something or Hartley gives you instructions, you follow it. Yeah. But what then happens if Hartley says something and then Farrell says something and those two things contradict each other? Who do you follow then? The, the only way I can get I can say is if you're a forward, you follow Hartley. If you're a back, you follow you follow Farrell. If they're two different things. I, f- I find that really difficult. Do you know what I mean? No, no, but I do. I do. I, th- I, I think it's, that really I think it's strange. Odd. I, d- I, d- I think it's, I think it's a crap idea. Was this was this kind of an just a one off for this game, or was this no, all no, no, of the... this was for the whole the whole? So this is actually this is this an is actual Eddie Jones. This is a thing, yeah. I was going to say philosophy, but more of a like a team policy. You have co-captains. I can understand having a captain and a vice captain. That makes sense. Yeah. But I don't understand because if you know if they give contradictory instructions, who the hell do you follow? If you follow the one, you're undoubtedly going to tick off the other one. Or do you, or do you follow the one that, that you agree with? Who's well, giving that, that decision? Yeah. I don't know. That's who talks to the referee as well in terms of. Do they both talk to him? Do one of them talk to him? Well, they're, they're probably both going to from. From the the player's perspective, but the referee must must only he only wants one person to talk to him, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. This this all seems really really confusing. I mean, that's that's why that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's yeah. to me it's, it's it's crap. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on that idea to be honest. No, um, no. You've you've got to go traditional captain vice captain. Yeah, you know, any anyone outside of that is an elected captain, I guess. That's it. You, the, you the can't tra- have traditional. Why is this captain, vice captain? You, you can't have more than one captain, because if you know, if unless you're England under Eddie Jones, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and also, it's got, it's yeah, it's it's going to divide, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's, I don't think there's any way that that can possibly come out in positive terms from an England camp kind of view. Because that's just going to turn it into one massive click. You'll divide the whole locker room, the squad, right the way down the middle. You know, some of them might try and you know let's let's be friends with everybody. But at the end of the day, you know they're going to have that doesn't happen in life, though, does it? No, absolutely, no way at all. So I don't know. I'm I'm not sold. No, nor me, nor me. Talk us talk us through the tackle though. Talk us through the, the was it a no arm tackle? Did he attempt to wrap? Was it a shoulder charge? Um, it depends who you talk to. Depends, depends on your mood on that. Yeah, on that day, doesn't it? To me, I think he's a lucky boy. He's he's trying to say that he's 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 gone into it and he's tried to wrap the arm, but the the ferocity and and the the, the power behind the impact has, has has made the the has made the African player bounce off him, so he, he didn't have chance to wrap his arm. But mm. I don't know. I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, th- I think I think if he's true to himself, he 
when he when he when he when he went home after that game, he he knew what he did. Well, fair enough. Well, we'll move on to the tenth. Italy and Georgia, twenty-eight seventeen in favour of Italy. I yeah, think, I, th- I, th- does, I think they, I think they needed it. They, they needed a win. But does yeah. do you think uh, we won't go into too much detail on it because you know we, we just don't have the time? But do you think this kind of shuts the door now on this idea that we need a relegation if Georgia are still not able to compete with the weakest team in the Six Nations? That actually they've still got a long but, way but they, to go. But they, well, no, because they're not getting enough game time against the the uh, upper tier, are they? No. And, that, and that's proving it there. You know, they're not that far behind Italy. You know, 28-17. I'd like to think it was probably a full-strength Italy side because they need, they need to get a W. Yeah. And Georgia, the, again, going back to the World Cup, they proved they they're a, they're a force. They you know they've got some great forwards. Obviously, maybe not as technically gifted as as the other sides, but you know I, I think I think I think. Relegation and promotion. I think that is it's got to be the way forward. I, I think I think it is something they need to include. Maybe not every year. Maybe every other year. Yeah. Because then you'll just get Georgia and Italy just yo-yoing. Yeah. You know. So you got you got to give them at least two years. Yeah. Have have or two or three years. Just... Yeah. I think I think there's something like that's got to happen. So anyway, yeah, probably you know a good win from an Italy point of view, but also kind of like. Maybe could they have expected to put more points on the board? Of course they should. They, they would have I mean, come away from that a, game. That's only an eleven-point win. They would have come away from that game expecting to put forty points, at least, considering considering the amount of time they've been in in the Six Nations. Well, talking of big wins, uh, Scotland Scotland fifty-four, Fiji seventeen. That was uh, that was never on the cards at half time, was it? No, no. I think it's. I want to say 21-17. 21-17 at halftime. At halftime. So, you know, massive, uh, massive props to Scotland for absolutely turning the screw in the second half. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm I, Again, kind of in the same way that I'm not totally sold on the New Zealand win over Japan. You think, well, to be fair, tier one nations should be beating second tier nations. But then at the same time, you think, well... Are Fiji are Fiji as competitive as they should be? Of course, this does kind of open up the can of worms. We see it a lot on social media that like uh, a lot of the islanders end up going to represent New Zealand. So it's always going to be a struggle for teams the, like Tonga yeah. and Samoa and Fiji. Or the, 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 the best, yeah. best of the islanders, yeah. So again, that's kind of hard to say. But, you know, the results as it is, you've got to say that was, you know, I don't know whether it was Scotland's first choice... 15 I would imagine it was probably Fiji's they, they might have started with um, a few reserve players at the start yeah. and then brought them on at half time with such a close yeah a close gap so again kind of verdicts kind of out on that one because I think they've got the win which they should do probably a higher margin than I think either of us would have predicted yeah but again, I think it's hard to tell whether that's just, hey, that's a massive result for Scotland, or is it just a, you know, Fiji were having a bad day, Scotland happened to just have a, you know, a really good second half. I don't know. Don't I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll move on, move on. Mm. Um, one we can definitely say was probably closer than I think either of us would have predicted. Wales, Wales. 9, Australia 6. 
Sounds like a boring game, doesn't it? It does. It doesn't sound like a high-scoring game or penalties. Yeah. But again, kind of in the same vein that we said, that, you know, England and South Africa, a good kicker can get you out of a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, Australia, are they... You'd, you'd expect Australia to be beating uh, to be beating Wales, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but is this kind of going back to the episode with Barto? Is this kind of you know, is that a full strength Australia side? Is you know, are these kind of players that are coming in through the youth system? Is this the early sign of the Australian decline? Or is this, or do you think in reality that this is one of those games where if they replayed it today, that scoreline would be entirely different? It's got to be different, isn't it? Surely, you you would say so. You would say I, I I certainly would. I would say if they play that again, if they play that tomorrow afternoon, I would probably put money on Australia winning. Yeah, I think so. Or again, is this a case of home advantage was the factor? Well, Wales. You've got to think Wales are probably they're the best team at home in that respect for home advantage. Not not the best playing team, but with their fans, the passion, you know, the Welsh atmosphere. It's it's it's, it's horrible for me to say, but there's there isn't much better than than Wales at home, is there? It'll be an interesting one for sure coming into the Six Nations as well, because a lot of people have put it down to Ireland or Wales. And again, you know, the home advantage. They're the, they're the two they're the two teams that England have got away from home, aren't they? Mm. So, you know, this you know the home advantage does make a factor, but again, I think that's the scoreline because it all just comes down to penalties or drop goals. I really do feel like that realistically could have gone either way. Well, three points in it. Yeah, exactly. Penalty yeah. in it or drop goal in it. I could have easily have ended up a draw. Yeah. And then we'd we'd be sat here by saying, well, actually, you know, that's a pretty good result for both sides. And I think it's just because, you know, one penalty separates it. Automatically, we're, we, we, you know, I came out and asked the question straight away. Is this the decline of Australia? Am I looking too far into the result? Or is it just a bad day? Bad day at the office. I think there's a few factors could go into it. Whether or not it is actually the official decline of Australia might be a little bit premature to, sh- to give that shout, I think. Yeah, don't know. Well, Ireland 28, Argentina 17. Um, Got to think, happy days in terms of Ireland. Especially after the World Cup in 2015, Argentina dumping Ireland out of it. Uh, yeah, you know, revenge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's... Again, I thought, I th- I thought that was probably going to be the one where if we were going to lose, you know, I, w- I would have put money... Would you have thought it would be, be that game? To be honest, I would have thought I would have thought it would have been the New Zealand game, but I I think it's kind of the proverbial banana skin, isn't it? Well, that, that kind of game. I think I think Argentina over the last couple of years they they sort of they they've been up and down. So I, I don't. Yeah, it's almost like you, you don't know which one you're going to get. That's it. It's kind of like not to sound too disrespectful, but it kind of feels like they're the southern hemisphere's France. If they turn up, you're in for a hell of a fight. Yeah. If they don't, it's relatively plain sailing. You're not going to have everything your own way, but you're always going to be on that front foot. So it's. I, I think it's, I think you're pretty spot on there, Daniel. It's hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, I happy days. Ireland got the win, but at the same time, not quite as convincing as I'd have liked. 
And again, that could just be because it's not the full strength side. I think they were saving the full strength sky squad, the full the strongest fifteen for the New Zealand game, which you know you would say is fair enough. Yeah, or, or building up to it at least. But I don't know. I I'd have liked maybe maybe another maybe another try, maybe another converted try on the end of that. Just a bigger margin. Yeah, I think so. Just to, you know, just to really show that you know what. There's there's no mess in here. Yeah, uh, again, the marker. Put the marker. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I'd have, I'd have liked a little bit more on that one. England fifteen, New Zealand sixteen. Do you want to do you want to quickly say about um France and South Africa, another close game? Uh, it was again. Yeah, to be fair, um, quite a few discussions about how many French players and how many South African players are actually in the French team. <laughs> but uh, we'll not we'll not get dragged into politics here. Um, but Dan, you can you can say that about all the teams, mate. No, to be fair, you you, you know you could. This is the this is the thing that you know uh, Van der Fleer and a, f- a few of the South African lads, Bundiaki as well, uh, from New Zealand playing for for Ireland. You know, um, I I'm all for it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? If they if they qualify for that nation, and they want to play for that nation, let them play. What's the problem? Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's a big thing in Ireland about kind of like Bundiaki and Josh van der Fleer playing and that kind of thing because, oh, they're not from here and they shouldn't be allowed and that kind of thing. When you think, well, there's there's people who were born there's people who were born in Dublin who wouldn't give you know they wouldn't give a crap about playing for Ireland at rugby in the international level. They'd rather just chase money elsewhere. You know, so you got to think yeah. if you know if Bundyaki's moved away from New Zealand to play in Galway for Connacht, and he wants to play for Ireland. What's the problem? Same, same for France. If they want to leave South Africa and they want to play in France and they have the opportunity to play for France and they want to, let them. Well, you know, the thing is also, I mean, as long as they've got something to contribute. Professional sport is it's about bums on seats, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if if, if, they're, if they're the best player in that position, absolutely, and they, and they qualify for that for that country, then there isn't really a an issue. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, it's like we said earlier on. It's a results-driven business. Yeah. If you if you can't do everything possible to get yourself to the highest point you can possibly get yourself, why are you doing it? Yeah. What's the point? You know. Obviously, Leinster have brought in quite a few, you know, foreign players uh, from abroad. Bundiaki signed for Connacht. You know, we we saw it ourselves. Billy Billy Burns has gone to Ulster, and he qualifies for Ireland. Yeah, there's no way, and I, 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 you know, I'm not putting anything out as fact. I've not spoken to Billy since he left. I'll put my hands up. We're not in contact. Uh, I do, I do keep a tab on what he does on social media and stuff, but. You know, I find it very difficult to believe that the IRFU weren't looking at a potential Sexton replacement in that move. Yeah, and he's he's been playing well, hasn't he? He has, to be fair. He's been playing very well for us. You know, it is. But there is a little bit of me that thinks, you know, I find that very difficult to be Because they specifically highlighted the fact that he could qualify and play for Ireland and he'd never played for for England at senior level. Won yeah. a couple of World Cups at underage, but they made specifically they made a reference to that, which makes me think that actually you know they're, they're, they're looking, they're, they are looking absolutely. And flipping it, I, 
I, I hope I hope he gets a jersey. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So South Africa picking up the win against France, I think fair enough. Only only just. You know, not an awful lot in it, but Three again, points. another one that could have gone either way. Yep. Verdict's out on that because I, I just to be fair, the verdict's out on quite a few of these because you know, like we said, you know, the Wales game, um, the England game in New Zealand, the England game against South Africa, France and South Africa could all go either way. Mm. You know, it's hard to tell whether you, you know, to, it's it's difficult to say. Do you know what? That's an outstanding effort they've put there because at the end of the day, had that been the other way round, you know, we we would be questioning, you know. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's hard to tell. So, I don't know. Happy days for South Africa. Um, probably hard luck France. Could have could have gone either way, and again, you know, it's not. I don't think there's enough in it to say. Well, actually, France are on the decline, or France are improving, or, you know, it's just it's it's another good performance from both sides. Um, one will be happy with the result. One will be slightly disappointed with the result, but. I don't know. I think I think it's too close to definitively say that one side is definitely improving, or one side is on the way down. I just, I just, I think you just can't say, can you? You know, you you can't. England, England, and New Zealand. Then let's let's take your opinion on this. Um, England leading. Yep. And then New Zealand snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I I feel I feel due to the fact that England I feel due to the fact that England were leading in that game and had New Zealand kind of up against it under the cosh. In terms of performances, there is a sign of improvement there from the Six Nations. Absolutely. Yeah, I. I in, England England should have won that game. They should have won the game. I think New Zealand again didn't didn't look great. They, well, it didn't look like the New Zealand that we that we know. Um, but was that England making them look like that, or, or were they just not at the races that day? I, 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 it could be a piece of both. To be fair, it's hard to tell. Again, you know, that's another one that probably could have gone either way. And had England won, like, you know, they would be certifiably back on the right track. Well, but then it's it's hard think, to do you, think, do you think they should have won? Well, I'm probably not the person to ask because I'm biased as shit. Um, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but no. To be fair, I, I think I think had they had they won it, I think that would be absolute cause to say, do you know what? They're you know, the Six Nations was a blip. All teams go through them. All teams, regardless of who they are, go through these blips from time to time. England just happened to get theirs during the Six Nations, and that's all it is. I mean, or is this a case to say that you know it's only a point loss? You know, they'd have loved the win, obviously, but at the same time, they couldn't get it. But they lost by a point to arguably still, and at the time, was the greatest team in the world. I mean, I, I was pretty slightly alluding to the fact that the, the try that was disallowed. I I didn't see the game, so. Right at the end of the game. Oh no! Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, he was. He scored, and then it was ruled off. Ah, uh, I. In a way, you could say, do you know what? Actually, had it not been ruled off, you, you're looking at an England win. The thing probably I, I, deserved I, to I win. I think that I think the biggest thing to come out of that 
is, apart from the fact that England probably should have and deserved to win, um, the biggest thing for that is is the referee bottled it. Mm. He bottled that decision because he was he was stood right next to it. He saw exactly what happened, even on the big screen. He saw exactly what happened, and he went with the South African um, TMO who who decided it was that he was offside. And I, I and I, I still don't see where he's getting that from. Well, I I think I think it's I think it's a, a statement of intent from England for sure. I mean. It, it does kind of beg the question, what do you consider a good day at the office against New Zealand? Obviously, a win is happy days, but, you know, at what point do you say, well, actually, that was that was a pretty bad day of it? You well, know, if you can keep it to a respectable scoreline, is that still a... Do you know what? Well, once I, what my actual... Um, what, what, once I sort of calmed down and realised that, that the game's finished, we're not going to get, you know... It's not going to be overturned after the game. I sat down and looked at the scoreline, 15-16, and to be that close to New Zealand, when and again in a game that we we should have won and could have won, that is a result for England. To be that close, okay, we didn't get the right scoreline, but that result is is pretty good, I think, for England. Moving on, then moving on, 17th of November. Um, Australia picking up a win over Italy. I think we can just gloss over that, really, because it's what's expected. Yeah, but maybe... Should they have scored more than 26 points? Depends the strength of the side they put out. I can't imagine it was a, a full-strength team. No. So, but I think, Looking, but looking I, at Italy's past performances and But I think at the, same, at the same time, probably everyone in there is going to deserve to be in that starting 15. Yeah. I think they'll they'll just take the win and move on. I think they won't read anything into that. No. Uh, Wales seventy four, Tonga twenty four. Uh, good win for Wales. S- I mean, to- Tonga are, uh, the same as Fiji and Samoa, New Zealand. They're a bloody tough side. Not again, maybe not, not not as skillful. Obviously, don't deserve to be in the top tier. I think, that, I think that's probably what was the dividing dividing factor really, because I think. I think Wales just had a little bit too much. Incredible, yeah. incredible second half. But the first half, Fiji were massively competitive. Tonga. It, yes. But in the first half, Tonga were really competitive. So there's a little bit of me that thinks, well, is it a fitness issue? Is it just a Wales have got better squad depth? Or is this just a case of top-tier nation beating second-tier nation, what is expected of them realistically? And that's it. Move on. Next. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, the thing is, it's, it's pretty elitist to say that, though, isn't it? But unfortunately, I think that's true. But again, you know, we'll, and we'll discuss it when we see the, uh, the Fiji and France result, that, um, you know, it's kind of like the top-tier nations can't really win. Do you know what I mean? If they beat the second tier nations, well, when, well, yeah, when they're playing against the second tier nations, yeah, they, it's kind of like, unless unless they put hundred points on them, they, they, then they, yeah, they haven't done the job. Do you know what I mean? If if they beat them, it's kind of like, well, congratulations, you you've done what's expected. Yeah, you did what expected, and of course, if they lose, it's like, oh my god, what is this? Yeah, you know, everything stops and the pressure is completely on you because they, you're then under the microscope. Yeah, so again, that's kind of it's it's a little bit difficult to tell. 
Um, Scotland 20, South Africa 26. Again, it's... Looking at, looking at Scotland's first game against Wales and then looking at this, it, have they improved that much? Hard to tell. It, I, I think I think it is it's really too hard to tell because two penalties in it, you think, you know, a couple of penalties and that... You well, look, you look seven at points, a, it's, a look try, at, it's a converted try, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. But like even, even if, they'd, if, if they'd managed to snag two penalties, you'd, you're looking at a draw with South Africa there. Yeah. And that would be a massive result for Scotland. I don't know. I think comfortable comfortable for South Africa. I didn't see the game. Um, but at the same time, you think, you know, this time a year ago, I think we'd be amazed if Scotland put 20 points on the board. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe slightly too harsh of me to say that. I don't know. But, I mean based on our reactions when we did the Six Nations video series and we pretty much wrote Scotland off. We said, Scotland Scotland are now the new Italy. <coughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's They won't stand a chance. And then they came out of the blocks firing. I just, I think they've, 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 got, the, they've got the talent. I just don't know if they're consistent enough. No, I don't think they are. Um, we, w- we won't worry about France and Argentina. We will take a look at, though, England 35, Japan 15. There, there was a big um, a big cause of concern because England were poor in the, in the first half in that game. Very poor. They were very lacklustre. I don't know if it was the New Zealand game took it out of them in the manner of that defeat. Whether, yeah, whether, the, but, the emotional side of it. Yeah, whether they thought, oh, you know, Christ, let's... Let's just go and this is going dick Japan, but obviously the Japanese are, are better than they thought. Didn't they give the team talk on the field? Did I see that at halftime? I don't know. I think I saw somewhere. I I, I don't know. I didn't see the game. <coughs> um, I was actually. I don't even think I was in Cheltenham that day. Um, but no, I didn't see. I didn't see the the actual performance. But from what I've read, they they actually had some kind of team talk out on the the field at half time. <coughs> so again, it's kind of like that. As we've kind of, we've we've pretty much said the whole kind of podcast really that it's kind of like the the top tier nation doing what's expected. Yeah, but I mean that that, that scoreline's a bit bit misleading really because. England didn't really turn up until half-time. Mm. So if, if they'd have played the whole game on the front foot, then they might they might have scored maybe 50, but they didn't, so credit to, to uh, Japan, I think. Ireland 16, New Zealand 9. Okay, yeah, let's not worry about that one. No, we'll, we'll mention that one. Again, <laughs> though, I feel I feel if, if we were going to lose a game this series, I think the New Zealand game would have been it. You know, I would have, I would have probably, had I been a gambling man, I would have probably put money on that. Yeah, you got, you got to say that New Zealand, they, they genuinely, or generally, beat anyone who's in front of them. Yeah. R- regardless of who they are, whether it's Ireland, England, South Africa, New Zealand usually come out on top. I, I do, I do feel like this is one of those ones where everything just clicked. Oh, it did, you know? it, 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 it absolutely did, and I, and I don't think, even with them. Um, uh, the game against England. I, I don't think I've seen New Zealand 
um, make as many handling errors. Mm. Um, to be fair, I don't. And, think that's, I... And, that, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form taking anything away from Ireland. I don't think there was that many in it. I think it actually. I was watching it back the other day. I've got it saved on my TiVo box, and I've got a feeling that there wasn't actually a proper handling error until about 20 minutes in. I think the the first scrum didn't come till about 20 minutes into the game. Right. I just think, I think Farrell has got them drilled so well in terms of defence that it was a case of let let New Zealand put as many as they want into the rucks, you know. Well, I, I was, I was going to come on to that. Let's um, let's not compete at the rucks at all because we don't need to. You, you out New Zealand did New Zealand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Get get lads out of the rucks. Let's not compete at the rucks. Let's just have them have it at the rucks. That's fine. And we'll just get all fifteen lads in the defensive wall. Well, you know, I, we on the um on the in the sixteen fourteen, I should say, with the yeah, feedback drop. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but, on the in the sixteens um, Facebook page, we there was um, a video of of that performance of of a certain part of the the game where Ireland were just getting battered um, in in and around their twenty two. Mm. And they they go back five yards, then they go forward ten yards, and their structure and and the way they they set up and the, and the, the work rate and and how they how they kept New Zealand out is any anybody that watches that, that plays rugby should watch that and and use that as as their marker for their defence because that was just an absolute masterclass. I mean, I know we've said for some of these games that. Because the score's so tight, it's not really an indicator of, you know, whatever. But essentially, this is actually, this is a huge indicator in terms of where Ireland are. How, how often do, do New Zealand not score a try? Yeah, exactly. I think this is, I was reading online, apparently it's the first time against the Northern Hemisphere side, I think it's the first time in about 25 years that they've not been able to score a try. You know? That's, that's unreal. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'll, I'll be open and honest about it, I don't know when the last time they didn't score a try was. Uh, I imagine it hasn't happened too often. Um, but no, it has, to, it has to be said that like that wasn't so much the result either, because the result, you know, that, that, could have been, that could have been 16-9 or 72-70. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the, the, it was the, more of the performance than the actual result oh, I, indicated I, of where Ireland were. The fact that New Zealand didn't score a, a try, the fact that Ireland had more possession and more territory. That, that was almost that was almost a game to decide who's the best team in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Hansen said it before the game. Um, you know, so while while the the actual uh, world rankings might suggest that New Zealand is still a top, I think I think that's actually up for debate now. Yeah, you know, but again, on the flip side of that, you could say it was just a test match. Unless Ireland do it at a World Cup, well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's I, almost. I think Ireland, Ireland not, have actually been made favourites, haven't they, for the World Cup? They have, yeah. And not to kind of put down the achievement of beating New Zealand because I think it's a massive achievement, but unless they can do it in a competitive game, I think in a way it's kind of. Not irrelevant, because I think it is massively relevant when you've got the top two teams in the world playing, but 
I feel like had that been like a World Cup game, there's a chance that that result would have gone a, a completely different way. Or the whole game in, in general, really. The performance, everything about it would have gone in a completely separate direction. Yeah. You know, not, you not, can, not to take anything away from the performance, but at the same time, it's like, it's just a test match. And the thing is, yeah, in the, in the World Cup, there's nerves, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. It's there's, a completely so different, different situation, yeah. a completely different vibe. And New, New, Zealand, New Zealand don't seem to suffer with nerves. They're they? not at home. Again, we, we've, we've put so much emphasis on how much home advantage yeah. costs, you know. They're going to be in a neutral place, so then it's, you know, you, I would imagine it would be 50-50 almost in terms of f- fan numbers. You're not going to have the overwhelming... Irish support behind you that they had in that game. Yeah, obviously, obviously being yeah being a um, a World Cup Ireland, they they do tend to chuck a load of fans over there, don't they? Because oh, there's like there's uh, us Irish lads get everywhere. I, We're worse I, than cockroaches. I, yeah, Ireland and, and England usually they, they in in all in all sports, isn't it? They they do yeah. tend to. to go there. No, there's 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 a lot of love for the national teams, but. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is maybe it's a big sign of me being a bit of a cynical bastard. But I do really feel like unless they can do it in a competitive game, this this result I don't think has as much in it as some people make out. I think the performance has more. I, I don't know. I, I think you're, I think you're possibly playing it down because you know beating New Zealand doesn't happen. No, absolutely, doesn't it, it doesn't. But I feel, I feel there's, I feel we can take more stock from the performance than the result, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and flipping it, you know, if Farrell can do that with Ireland's defence yeah. in a relatively short space of time, yeah, what could he have done with England? There we go. There we go. So yeah, I think, I think it's a massive, massive form of intent in terms of Ireland's preparations. I think it also might be a, a little bit of a reality check for New Zealand. Yeah, they, they need that. They, every every team needs to lose yeah. at some point. Yeah. To to realise where they are and 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 how to get better. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like this. It's like the cliche, isn't it? You learn. You're either winning or you're learning. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Yeah. I, you you always learn more from a defeat than you do from a, yeah from a win. Moving on then, the final weekend, uh, I don't think we need to talk about New Zealand 66, Italy 3, other than the fact that I think Italy at times looked quite threatening, but so many mistakes, knock-ons, deciding to kick when you really you should have just kept the ball in hand. Maybe so much that the decision-making just isn't there in terms of that. New Zealand had to, had to yeah. go out and prove yeah, absolutely. that they, um, are, they are at least second in the world at the minute. Um, England 37, Australia 18. I mean, you've got to love that result. That was, a, that was a great result. It was a good game as well. Brilliant game. Wales 20, South Africa 11. I think this probably, in terms of Wales, is going to be the big indicator of where they are. Well, again, I mean, we spoke about it before we, 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 we pressed record. Wales haven't had the recognition for winning all their games. Yeah, no, they won all of their games in the in the autumn international. Uh, interestingly, though, Ireland got all the plaudits, I d- and Wales. I don't, I don't know if I saw somewhere that almost Wa- didn't get a mention. I don't know if I saw saw somewhere that Wales are nine unbeaten now. I think 
Something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, mm. they've got a really, really good home record. Ireland are the same. I, th- I don't think they've lost a game at home since 2016. So oh, okay. the Aviva's a bit of a fortress. The uh, Principality Stadium in Cardiff is a bit of a fortress as well. I think, in a way, probably Ireland are getting a little bit more at applauds because of the New Zealand game. Oh, they're always going to be lauded because of that game, because because of that victory against New Zealand. Um, Wales, yeah. Wales. The thing is, Wales haven't really. But take nothing away from trees. Twenty points to eleven over South Africa. You know that's that's a good win. You know, South. You know, it's not like they've put twenty points to eleven over. You know, Georgia. Georgia or like a like a Portugal or a Spain or yeah. anything like that. You know, this is this is another top <coughs> tier, and they're they're and they're a handy side in the southern hemisphere. So, mm. I think that's a massive indicator of way where of where Wales are. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I think that's I think that's going to make things interesting for the Six Nations as well. Yeah, definitely. That's you've got to, you've got to look again at Italy. They've got to be bottom, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I would say Italy, arguably Scotland, because I think they've you know they've they've got a win over Argentina and they've got you know, um, the the close-ish loss to South Africa. But I think they uh, they don't seem to be as competitive as they were in the Six Nations when they shocked England. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, like I yeah. f- like I feel like they they we we wrote them off at the beginning of the Six Nations and then it was like oh my god they started turning heads, mm. you know. And then it's kind of like they're kind of slumping back a little bit. But again, I I feel like you know. Is this a full-strength Wales squad against South Africa? I would imagine it probably is. By the look of that, that result, you got to say it is. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's that's a massive shout for Wales. Um, I, I think probably as well, maybe South Africa should be doing better there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe is that too harsh of a judgment from me? Or well, the thing is, we because we always we always look at these Southern Hemisphere sides, you know, the especially the. Um, Australia, South Africa, New Zealand. We we always almost expect them to win their games. Yeah, you know we, we've we've always we've always put them on that pedestal, um, and when they lose, it, it's it's strange. We don't we don't we don't really recognise it. Ireland fifty seven, United States fourteen. I don't think there's an awful lot to talk about there. Um, a week and a week Ireland side. Or not well, probably not a week, but uh, not a, not a not a full strength. I think is the politically correct yeah. term um, against the United States. Getting the job done, uh, a big second half. I didn't see the game. I actually i i was out of the t- out of town again uh, that weekend, but um, i i saw glimpses on the BBC kind of text commentary, and apparently uh, America were kind of you know, turning the screws at some point. Mm. Um, it could just be, again, Ireland brought on some of the more influential players. Big guns, yeah. Impact subs, and that's that's made the difference. I, 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 you know, you can't really judge a team when, when they come out with a dominant win over a lower opposition because you think, well, are America ever going to compete in that game? It's strange because... 
it's such a massive country. Yeah. They, they should have a massive pool of players to, to pick from. To be fair, their professional league has only been going a year. But they never had a professional league up until now. But I suppose sport in America isn't isn't really geared for that sort of game, is it? No. You've got you've got American football is the most dominant. Basketball, ice hockey, baseball. Baseball. You know, it's like if if they don't have a sport that doesn't last at least three hours, they're not interested. Well they the actually yeah, the actual game hey, we haven't oh, got only we, only goes on for an hour or so, but yeah. But it go, but the but, whole you know, spectacle is about three or four yeah, hours. Yeah, no, and NFL you'll be there for three or four hours. Yeah, because you'll have fifteen minutes, and then they'll have a ten minute break, and then another fifteen minutes. But then their half time is half an hour. <laughs> you know, so it takes it takes three hours to play, and then they then they've got plays where the clock stops if the guy runs out of bounds, or into touch in rugby terms. So it's like as soon as he goes out of play, the clock stops. Yeah. You know, so it's like, Jesus, it takes you three hours to play an hour of sport. Do you know what I mean? Ba- baseball, you're there for three hours. Yeah. Ice hockey. I mean, I've been to an ice hockey match in Belfast and they last for three hours. You play for 20 minutes. Then you take a break for 15. Then you play another 20. Then you take another break for 15. Then you play another 20. And it takes two and a half hours to play an hour of sport. There's not enough time for adverts. No. That's I you know, as 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 much as it sounds like I'm joking, I think genuinely that's why sports like football and rugby haven't succeeded over there, because it's once the clock starts, the clock runs. There's none of this fifty yeah. fifteen minutes and take a break or whatever. You know, in American football, they they play, you know, for like eleven seconds. They've got, they've got to get the hot dogs in and the bloody the, the buckets of cola, haven't they? Like, yeah. Start, game kicks off, 11 seconds, play stops, the clock stops, adverts play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Far too far too down the political channel now. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think there's anything you can take from that result, really. I think... 57-14. I think... Ireland doing what they should have done. America can probably argue that they should have been a bit more competitive. I think in that in that's, that that's about as far as we can go. I think on, on that Saturday, I think the the only or the, the the biggest result there has got to be France and Fiji. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of like we said before. You know, if you're if you're a top tier nation and you win, congratulations, you get no real recognition for it because that's what you it's should what you, be doing. Yeah, but if you don't. Then you're under the microscope, you know, you're in you're in the hot water. Yeah. You know. Fair play to Fiji. Absolutely fair play to Fiji. I, I no, saw No no one would have seen that result coming. No, not at all. And I, I saw some of this game as well. I didn't see all of it, but I saw the first half and I think the first half of the second half. So I I, I don't know I I'll be honest, I don't know whether it was a full strength France side. I don't know, and this is maybe going to be me being a bit cynical, I don't know if that's a genuine massive performance by Fiji or if it's just France had too much of a weakened side. But, but are, France, are France currently rebuilding anyway? Yeah, probably they are, because I, I, they didn't have the best of times at the last World Cup. No. Um, got destroyed by New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it kind of came out that the players then turned on the head coach. So it was all a bit of, you know, pandemonium going on in the French camp. 
And if that is a competitive side that France have put out to face Fiji and they've come away losing that... They're in trouble. Yeah, they're absolutely in trouble. I don't see any way back for this. No. It's, yeah, it's a hard time for France. And the only one we have, the only two we haven't mentioned, actually, no, we did talk England and Australia. So the only one, the only one we've got left to talk about then is Scotland and Argentina. Yeah, another low scoring game, but uh, a win for Scotland against, uh, again, a Southern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere side. I'm, I'm in two minds about this because you think, you know, fair enough against the Southern Hemisphere side and they're all quite strong, but essentially you've got arguably the weakest of the, the, seventh, the four from the Southern Hemisphere. Or am I, you know, just, you know, am I putting too much on that? And it's, it's, it's actually just a case of maybe we don't necessarily need to overanalyze this game. Scotland got the win. Happy days for the Scotland camp. Don't know. I, I, I didn't see it, so I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I think I think probably Scotland needed the win. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100% they did. The, after after the previous weeks, they, they needed something to 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 give to them the fans and to give themselves, you know, to to show that they're not falling behind. Time to shift focus from international rugby to the local stage with a view at the end of the year for the Saris. Tomorrow, the first team travel down to Long Levens before closing out the year, welcoming Spartans to KGV. Only one more league game of the year for the second team, though, hosting Drybrook thirds a week tomorrow on the 15th. Well, then, once again, it's time to hand over to Moxie to hear how the Pups and possibly the Cubs will finish off the year. Right then, coming up in December for the uh, for the Cubs, the end of twelves. We're not too sure. Um, we're taking that really on a on a almost a week by week basis because we're such a new team. We're, we we've got games that we can play, um, but we're sort of we're we're almost easing them in. So uh, that's going to be sort of as and when we know. We'll let you let you know um, on social media. But um, after the first two games, it, you know it, it's looking good, looking rosy for them. So. We'll wait and see. For the end of 16s, um, December the 9th, we're at home to Minchinhampton, which is going to be obviously a rerun of the of the plate final where we come out victorious. So Minchinhampton, I'd imagine, will be up for revenge on that one. So uh, looking forward to a very, very tough game. Then the following week, we're away to St. Brendan's. That's uh, a long trip down the M5 to 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 a pitch that's it's a, it's a weird one because they're, they're right next to a, um, a railway line and um, if you get a penalty there um, they don't let you kick the touch which is which is strange so you you get you you get five you get five meters and you're throwing don't I don't know either but uh, so that's what's coming up in December and then after that it's obviously a little break for uh, for Christmas so uh Looking forward to that. Looking forward to Christmas. Looking forward to time off. Loads of mince pies. Loads of turkey. And I, I hope all you are as well. So uh, have a good one and we'll see you in the new year. Up the Saris. Well then, if you want to keep up to date with everything going on at the club, give them a like and a follow on social media. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All of those are at Chelt Saris RFC. 
You can check out the Pitch Hero page, pitchhero.com slash clubs slash Cheltenham Saracens RFC, or head yourself over to the official website, CheltenhamSaracensRugby.com. For all things connecting to the podcast, though, feel free to give us a like and a follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those are .com slash the UTS podcast. You can listen back to all of our previous shows on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the UTS podcast. Or alternatively, head over to our official website, utspodcast.com, where you can find out a list of all of our shows, all with a picture of the guests. So if you can't recognize a name, you might be able to recognize a face. You can also find links to the other platforms we're on, including Overcast FM, Podbay, Podbean, Player FM and iTunes. And of course, if you are an iTunes user, don't forget to help us out by giving us a rating, leaving a review and becoming a subscriber. A big thanks then to Mark Moxie Collier for joining me again this month for chatting about the Autumn Internationals and giving us all the info on the youth setup. Thanks to our sponsors over at Tone Radio, the University of Gloucestershire student radio station who broadcast all day, every day, right here where we are from Park Campus. And uh, you can listen in on toneradio.co.uk. Thanks to Kevin McLeod as well for our music Cold Funk and Private Eye, which we use completely royalty-free under the Creative Commons License 3.0. And of course, last but not least, a huge thanks to you for listening in wherever you are in the world and whatever you happen to be doing. Myself and Moxie will be back in the new year. We might have a bit of a special episode before then. We don't know just yet. So both of us or from both of us have a wonderful holiday season and a great new year. Up the Saris. Up the Saris pups and... Up the Saris Cubs. <laughs> <laughs>